Welcome to episode 4 of Streams and Variations, the podcast where writing evolves. In this show, you will first hear a song based on a prompt. That song has then been passed on to a writer who has written a monologue inspired by that song. That monologue is then passed on to a songwriter who writes a song based on that monologue, then on to another writer, and so on. Like a game of broken telephone, each writer has only seen the work that immediately precedes their own. What elements of each piece will carry through? What recurring ideas and themes will we see? What changes will arise from the mind of each new artist? Let's find out. There is a loss that we feel at this time, this time of COVID, and it's not just an aloneness. It's physical. There is a part of ourselves that longs for contact, for the ability to meet someone. Not necessarily someone new, just someone, anyone. To be able to converse and feel in a way that doesn't translate through a phone call or a meet and greet through a computer screen. It's moved from aloneness to loneliness. The need to be with someone. Writing can cure that at least for a little while, and easing that loneliness is what we've asked our artists to do. For this, our fourth stream, we've brought together the talents of six writers. All of these writers were placed on very strict deadlines. Each piece you will hear was written over the course of one week. Each piece was directly inspired by the previous piece and will itself directly inspire the following piece. Listen closely and pay attention to the ideas. See what images are present and repeated, what thoughts fade away and then show up again. See how the story evolves. The talkback for this stream, episode 4, will be released on February 22nd. These talkbacks, discussions between myself and artists from the episode, give an insight into how they perceive the story. We talk about their process and how the story evolves through each segment. These artists are an integral part of the storytelling experience. Their perceptions are what drive the story forward. Listen in as we talk about the story. Each full episode in TalkBack is available through this podcast, so please subscribe through your preferred service. And if you enjoy what you hear, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and don't forget to tell your mom or dad. They might like it too. This episode contains monologues written by Maddie McLean, Sean Togood, and Genevieve Adam. These monologues are performed by Elizabeth Rose Morris, Eric Hella, and Anne Van Lewen, and it contains songs written and performed by Mark Martyre, James King, and the young novelists Graydon James and Laura Spink. So sit back, listen intently, and let these artists carry you through this stream and its variations. Song 1. A Pause. Written and performed by Mark Martyre.
Was your smile always crooked? Was it just the door screen? Never ending flashes in the darkness of my mind. Stones that never move across the valley of time. Now I have sunlit memories lying on grass, dancing in a bar. Walking hand many miles ago. Saying I love you from each corner of my heart Perfect Storm, written by Maddie McLean, performed by Elizabeth Rose Morris. It's just a door frame. It's nothing much. Just four pieces of wood held together with what I assume are nails or fastening or prayer. <laughs> I don't know, but it's not the point. It's just, this small little portal to the outside world is all that separates me from you and the rest of our lives. I could stay, and we could repeat this time and time again. We can do this whole song and dance over and over again, and some days will be good, and some days will be bad. But they will all happen again and again. I know what to expect. I know what we've always done, so I know what we will always do. And I suppose there is a kind of comfort in that. There is something predictable about it. Something that I know I will fall back into. But on the other side lies everything else. The unpredictable consequences, the attitudes and expressions of love and joy that we will never fully understand because we're not there. I'm not there. I know that if I leave now, that's it for us. This whole song and dance ends. This whole performance-based relationship will evaporate and disperse and scatter to the edges of the universe never to be seen again. We burn out. 
the ashes of our past will blow across the land and swarm in a tornado of sorrow and anger and regret. And maybe that's what we need. The freedom to let our chaos blow across the landscape instead of always colliding in this space. The ability to run across the world and leave no impact. In here, we are the weather, and our fronts collide, and now we stand with the hurricane of our hearts battering the walls and tearing every aspect of us apart. I'm not made to withstand this kind of force all the time. You blow in with these constant bombardments and I can't breathe. I can't speak. I can't do anything but stand there and take it. And I'm tired. And I'm furious. And I don't know what I've done to make this whole thing fail, but I can't help but feel like this isn't the best choice for us. This isn't where we should be. You should be out there and prospering. Maybe all this time I've been the thing that's holding you back. Maybe I'm the problem. Or maybe it's both of us. Maybe we're oil and water, and those two things can't ever come together. Do you want to continue bashing our heads together all the damn time? Is this our lives in this place? Because if it is, then I don't know what we can do for this. So, do I leave? It's right there. I walk through this portal, and this is all over. I leave, and we blow apart leaving only our dust and our echoes here. If I leave, you'll never see me again. If I walk out of here, that's it. This is it. I, I blow away and I leave nothing behind. I go and I never come back. And you just... I don't know. I guess... You stay here? Or you go away? I don't know anymore. I can't say. I can't know what you're thinking or doing or feeling. And I'm tired of pretending that I even understand you in the slightest. Because I don't. I don't get you at all. I don't know what you want or what you're seeing or hearing when I'm talking to you? Are you even here right now? Or am I just talking to myself? Am I just yelling at nothing? Am I just hot air taking up space but never really being present here? Do you see me? Do you even care? You can talk to me, you know. I'm right here. We can discuss what's going on, and maybe once, just once, you can be honest with me. You can tell me what you're thinking, doing, anything. Please? 
turn around. Just look me in my eyes, and I'll know that you're here. Just roll over and let me in. Just a little. Just a bit. Just let me know that this wasn't all for nothing. Just show me that in some small, stupid way I mattered. Or even if I didn't. That I was here and present in some way that made a difference. Or that I changed something in you for the better. Because we fight. And we fight and we fight and now... Do we just give up? Do we just want all this chaos to be for nothing? Are we not better than that? Do we not deserve some kind of closure or support or validation? Is there nothing we can offer each other anymore except heartache and broken expectations? I'm not entirely to blame here. It takes two, you know. You're equally at fault. And it's not fair for you to just lay there like nothing has affected you, and that I'm just stuck here between someone who doesn't care and a future that eliminates all of us. Everything we were, and are, and could be. If this is what you want, I'll do it. I'll leave. I'll be gone on a gust, and you'll never see me again. You'll never hear from me. <laughs> you'll never even know I was here. I'll disappear. I'll dissolve into the air and scatter to the edges of reality. You want this? You want it? Because what I want doesn't matter, apparently. I'll do it. Unless you stop me right now, I'll do it. Okay. Fine. If this is what you want, then I'm gone. I'm done. It's over. It's five steps, and then that's it. Five, four, three, two. Song two, Heart Hurricane. Written and performed by James King. Just give me the word, and I will walk right out that door. We're just going around and around, yet coming back for more. It's the same old song and dance, but you're missing a beat. And I'm here trying to. Time to our endless heartbreak sweeps. Just give me that look, and I will sweep you off your feet. 
We lose ourselves inside each other Wreck those nice clean sheets Until the fight starts again A broken record dance Do we even know who we are now? Lost in our own romance We're a hot hurricane Raging together Being blown insane By our winds of sorrow A hot hurricane Chaos in motion In the howling rain Our storm Our storm You must know that if I leave You'll never see me again I'll fly away across the sea and drown in the world of men. But is it ever over? Those winds always do blow. Until I see your eyes again, I guess I'll never know. We're a hot hurricane raging together, being blown insane by our winds of sorrow. A hot hurricane, chaos in motion in the howling rain. Our storm, our storm. I know you've got to let me go. Just say the word, but slow. I find a show. The dying call of our love will echo to the mountain that you place yourself on. We're a hot hurricane raging together, being blown insane by our winds of sorrow. A hot hurricane, chaos in motion in the howling rain, our storm. Monologue 2 Mike Summers Written by Sean Togood Performed by Eric Hella Okay. How do I start this? Where's the fucking button? Oh, here, here it is. Record. Oh, I am recording. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hey, it's um, Mike. Delete. Okay. Record. Hi, my name is Mike Summers. I guess I'm ready to tell my story. You know what they say, if I can just help one person or whatever, and uh, yeah, don't worry, it's not going to be one of those things where I say it all started when I was a little kid. I I don't know when it started. I know it's still kind of happening. Uh, but I, I don't really know when it started. And I, and I don't really know if it's uh, going to... When it's going to end. I don't know if I'm strong enough to stay sober. 
And listen, it's not one of those things where you can point to the family or whatever and say, my dad was never there or my mom never gave me like the, the love and support or whatever the fuck. Like, listen, I couldn't ask for a better family. Okay, a, a lot of the stuff that happened was my decision. And I, I, uh, I put myself... This is, uh, I put myself in this situation that I was in. Granted, looking back on it now, there are a lot of things that I'd, I'd want to take back, but that's... Uh, that's where we are. And, you know, maybe... People like to point out, you know, maybe if... Maybe if you didn't break your arm climbing that tree, you wouldn't have gone to the hospital and you wouldn't have taken your first fucking pill or whatever. I've, I've done a lot of work in this program and what I have come to realize is based on the personality that I had, the people that I hung around with, you know, I think that stuff was, was kind of inevitable. Especially at my school. The pressure. There was so much pressure in that town. To live up to... Uh, to who you're supposed to be. And where you're supposed to be going. Right? And maybe... Maybe I... I don't have it in me to handle that sort of pressure. So maybe I turn to like something... That would help me. I remember my first one. Everyone remembers their first. So... I broke my arm, and it was a gnarly break, but I, I couldn't feel anything because I'm hopped up on, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm on cloud nine at that point, and then I come home and my arm hurts, so my mom, my mom's like, well, the doctor gave us some whatever, uh, so I took that, and it all worked, and it was like, warmest hug you'd ever have <laughs> like uh, sunshine splashing over you whatever and uh, whenever I needed that little boost that's how it started it, it, it just I just needed that little boost to get me through the day well first it was like every couple days maybe one on the weekend then it was then it was like I graduated to one every day. And that's it. But you know, suddenly, it was like half a pill every hour. You know, oh, there is a real sense of weightlessness. And for the first, uh, for a minute or a minute and a half, nothing can touch you. You feel invincible and then uh, and then after you do that a couple times they're just you're just kind of chasing I know you might have heard this a million times but it's because it's real you can you can never really truly duplicate your your first hit but it's it's what you're always chasing and then I I brought it to school sat in the back of the class just whenever I needed uh, to not 
feel uh, the best way I can describe it it's it's like scoring the biggest touchdown of your life just last drive fourth quarter that little white pill sends you flying thing is nobody knew there were like like nobody knew there were hundreds of kids in their school just absolutely blitzed on their parents medicine cabinet or or, or whatever whatever they had just just gone you know because if we managed to get through the day get our stuff done be home for dinner you know like you can be functional and and still be on this stuff that's the fucked part and you know there's uh, uh, here's the cliche but you know what they say about cliches they're cl- cliches because they're true I don't I don't remember stretches of my life there are birthdays that I absolutely don't remember but apparently my family says I was there you know for uh, for for a while I thought I was hiding it real well then I saw a photo of me at at uh, graduation there's no one home how could you not notice I used I used to be present I used to be the life of the party, but at a certain uh, point, I was just chasing. Uh, Me and my mom still talk, but you can tell she holds back and there's just something different. And I, I miss her. I so I draw now it slows everything down it occupies me helps me focus and quits the urges but my my buddy Pat says he might actually let me apprentice with him at his tattoo shop so that'd be cool I can't I can't tell how many times I can't tell you how many times I wish there was uh, like a reset button or some sort of shit but there isn't there isn't so I gotta just move forward and keep building find something that brings me joy something bigger than a small little white pill of sunshine Okay, well, that's pretty much it. This is Mike Summers, signing off. Song 3. Need You Like the First Time. Written and performed by the young novelists.
suffering. They put the pressure where you bleed. But there's something else I need. I need you like the first time. I need you like the first time. Monologue 3. The Cavalry Aren't Coming. Written by Genevieve Adam. Performed by Anne Van Leeuwen. Come on, kid. Come on. Get it together. You can do this. Members of the jury... That's stupid. You sound stupid. What is this, law and fucking order? Get your shit together. Get your goddamn shit together. Members of the jury, you are being asked to make... It is your responsibility to make... You have a decision to make here today. I can't do this. I can't. They see right through me. They know. They don't know. They don't know shit. 
They only know what you tell them. You're in charge in there. They're scared to death of you. If anyone tries to burn you, you burn them back. You burn them to the ground. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the decision you are being asked to make today is about justice. It is not about the character of the defendant or whether you like him or whether you believe his testimony. No. Shit. Shit. It is about that. They do like him. They do believe him. Why do they always believe him? Ladies and women kind of the jury, why is that? Why do you smile at everything this man says and give my client the fish eye? Do you think her dress is too short? Too loud? You'd like her better swaddled, wrapped in black from head to toe, or maybe you'd prefer not to see her in her offensive body of evidence at all. I fought hard to get all of you on this jury, aunties and grandmother folk. I thought you would help a sister out. Justice, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Justice is not kind. Justice is not convenient. Justice is not easy. It demands sacrifice. It demands service. It demands that we interrogate our hearts and sift through the prejudice that is there. It requires that we put ourselves on trial. Why do we believe the defendant? Hmm? Because of his fancy suit? Because of his famous last name? Because of the classical arrangement of his facial features? Justice would be easier if the monster looked the part. But look closer, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. The monster is there. He's just wearing the face of a handsome man. He's playing a part, and he plays it well. He's a professional. He's good at what he does. He's great at what he does. And what does he do? He hides in plain sight. And that, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is what makes him so dangerous, as my client discovered to her great and lasting cost. To her great and lasting cost. I know why you're afraid, kid. You're going to go in there and win this. And justice will be served. Social media will be aflame. We'll, we'll pat ourselves on the back and hashtag woke and me too and say her name. But who pays? Who really pays? Not him. It'll go dark for a few months. The old guard will rally round. Allies will continue to quietly funnel contracts his way. He might get a podcast. Show up on an opinion segment in a few years. 
a little grayer, but still distinguished. Because this is the bullshit that persists. And she'll happen to have the TV on and hear his voice and freeze up in the middle of playing dinosaurs with her son. And he'll say, what's wrong, mommy? And she'll choke and she'll choke and she'll choke until it all goes down. And she can fake a smile for him and say, nothing. I thought I saw something scary, but it's all fine. And maybe it is. Or maybe she'll choke on it and die, like you once did. Come on, kid. I need you. The cavalry aren't coming. You're doing the right thing. Unless you're not. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank Maddie McLean, Sean Togood, Genevieve Adam, Mark Martire, James King, and the young novelists for creating pieces for this episode. And thank you to Elizabeth Rose Morris, Eric Hella, and Anne Van Lewin for their performances. For more information about our artists, visit our website at streamsandvariations.com. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review so we can be seen and subscribe to the podcast on our website or on your preferred platform. You can find us at Streams and Variations on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, our handle is at VariationsPod. Let us know what you think by dropping us a comment or questions by email at streamsandvariationspodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode is the fourth in our Talkback series, where we discuss this writing stream with writer Genevieve Adam and songwriter Graydon James from The Young Novelists. Come visit with us again and hear more songs based on stories based on songs. We look forward to you dropping in and giving us a listen. Bye for now.